Hello and welcome to part 2 of Mayday Movies, Movies That Killed Our Franchise. Today I'm looking at Friday 13th 2009. I also give a look to the whole franchise as a quick little glance. So let's get this started with Friday the 13th 1980, one of Kevin Bacon's first movies and one of only two movies that doesn't have Jason in it. It did introduce us to Bugnuts, Mrs. Forties, and A Mother's Undying Love. Then, Friday the 13th Part 2, where we introduced to the Mountain Man, Madman, Mommy's Boy, Jason. On to Part 3D, the one where Jason finally finds his hockey mask and a Halloween instant classic outfit is born. This is also one of the first movies with the modern reboot in 3D, at the time that is, in the 80s. Friday the 13th Part 4. I should say all series movies were on Friday, Saturday, Sunday and on to Monday at the same weekend. Also gives us the infamous bad dancing of Crispin Glovin to an ACDC song which changed in post. We also get Corey Feldman playing the first of three Tommy Jarvises and his infamous shaved head Jason hacking with his own machete scene. Friday the 13th Part the other Jasonless Friday the 13th. Spoiler alert, it was Rory the EMT. Also, we have the second actor to play Tommy in John Shepard. I kind of wish to space this one as it makes no bloody sense. Having a mental institute, I'm guessing that's what it was, in the middle of the woods on the other side of Crystal Lake. Mm. Moving on to part 6, and he's back. The man behind the mask. The Man Behind a Mask. Don't sing it, John, because it's ill. Jason returns in this comedy horror with an all Alice Cooper soundtrack, one of my own personal favourites, with the third actor to play Tommy in horror icon, Tom Matthews. Friday the 13th Part 7, the one where Jason takes on a psychic, and enough said about that one. On to Friday the 13th Part 8, the first time Kane Horror plays... Jason in his iconic role. Just a shame this movie was a complete waste of time and is a 40 minute boat ride to New York from New Jersey. Mm. Moving on to Friday 13th Part 9 with the Book of the Dead from Evil Dead. Also some disgusting body hopping action from Jason. Spots Steve Williams, the X-Files' Mr. X as the bounty hunter. Also the surprise Freddy cameo. This was also the very first one I saw in video way back when. On to Jason X, the first one I saw in a cinema. In a packed cinema in 2001. I call this one Jason Does Andromeda because it's pretty much the same sets and also has a few of the cast members. This is also the last time to date that Kane Hodder played Jason and also spot David Cronenberg as Dr. Wimmer. Moving on to Jason vs Freddy, the movie that was in the works since the late 80s, where we finally see the horror icons fighting each other. Just a pity, it fell into the Matrix style of shooting with wire lock and slow motions galore. Alternative name for this one was A Nightmare on Friday 13th. Great fun, I saw this thing three times in, in a cinema and spot a Kelly Rowland cameo as quote the dark meat. This brings me to 2009's remake of a Friday the 13th, aka Friday the 13th Part 12. This movie I've only ever seen twice before this review, so bear with us here. Since I did Jensen's horror earlier in the year, I thought it would only be fair to do Jared's in this one. So on with the show, starring Jared Pakalecki, Daniela Panabaker, Amanda Raghetti, Travis Van Winkle, and Derek Mears as Jason Voorhees. On to the plot. 
The group of 20-somethings stumble onto Camp Crystal Lake and Jason kills them all in some un-Jason-like kills. It's down to a brother and sister combo to stop him, but can they afford to become meat to the machete? The movie opens with the title June 13th, 1980, and is black and white footage of a lone unnamed final girl as Mrs. Voorhees and her have it off in the final showdown at the lake's edge. So the girl cuts off Mrs. Voorhees' head and makes her escape, but oh no, little Jason, thought he had been drowned, sees this, picks up his mother's locket and a machete. One thing, why does Mrs. Voorhees look 21? Also, why is she dressed like Mrs. Bates? Fast forward 30 years later and we meet a group of 20-somethings looking for a huge weed plantation and I'm already wishing Jason would kill them all dead. I mean, why does everything have to boil down to beer, boobs and weed in American horrors? I mean, come on America, get past the weed fascination. So later that night at the campfire, Wade, played by Jonathan Sadowski, holds court and tells the story of the Camp Crystal Lake in all its gory details. Introducing the audience who apparently have never heard of Jason because, and I quote from behind the scenes, this is going to be a hip, fresh and modern take for a fresh, modern audience. Yeah, moving on. However, the group don't believe him. So off go Mike, played by Nick Manel, and Whitney, played by Amanda Rigetti, to talk about her subplot, er, sorry, backstory about her dying mother. So of course you would go for a weekend of drinking, sex and weed field hunting instead of staying at your dying mother's bedside. But moving on. Later that night, Wade finally figures out how to use his GPS phone he has on him and as Richie, played by Ben Feldman, I wonder if that's any relation to Corey, to help him find said weed field. However, he's too busy outrageously flirting with his girlfriend flashing her fake tits and rubbing all oil all over them. So Wade goes off to seek out the wheat fields. However, shortly after finding the wheat in the world's brightest lit wood, Jason kills him. Cut to Mike and Whitney stumbling onto the old camp. Uh, they find Jason's shack straight out of part two. Looking around, they also find the locket, which, surprise, Whitney looks like Mrs. Forties. Hmm, is this foreshadowing or what? Back at the camp, Richie and his girl are fucking when all of a sudden she hears something thinking it's Wade being a perv. Richie shouts out and continues until she hears a twig snap again. Dear God, she must not be into the sex much if, if a little twig snap stops her. So, off goes Richie to scare off Wade. Finding both the weed and Wade's ear, also his dead body, Richie freaks and runs off. Meanwhile, back at the tent, still nude, who I don't know love how about getting dressed, Richie's girlfriend Amanda, thank you movie for giving you her name on her death, played by America Olivia, is roasted in a sleeping bag straight out of Friday 13th Part 6, I believe. In runs Richie to help her straight into a bear trap. And this is the first red flag I have, because when does Jason wear use bear traps? Hmm. Back at the camp... Whitney and Mike find Jason's shrine to his mother above the toilet of the shack, with the head shoved in a hole in a wall. Oh yeah, because that's a great place to make the shrine, Jason. Hmm, moving on. With Jason under the shack, sticking his machete up through the floorboards, cutting Mike about six or seven times before pulling him under the floorboards. 
Whitney runs off into the woods, back to the campsite, where she sees the carnage. She tries to help free Richie from the bear trap, but Jason sticks a machete straight into his head, killing him dead. So he goes after Whitney and fade to black. So finally, after 23 minutes, the title kicks in. Six weeks later, we meet another group of 20-somethings, led by Trent, played by Travis Van Winkle, who is such a douchebag, he has his friend Chewie, played by R&U, ride in the trunk of his SUV, then ask the sole black guy, Lawrence, played by Arlene Escapeta, I think that's how you pronounce that, to pump his gas for him. However, after some sass talk from Lawrence, he gets Nolan, played by Ryan Hansen, to do it for him. Gee, I wonder how these people are going to die. Bunch of stuck-up little generation wives. Ugh, moving on. In the store, they meet Clay, played by Supernaturals, Jared Pakalecki, who is asking about his missing sister, Whitney, in a nod to Friday 13th, part 4. So after Trent showing the audience just how much of a dickhead this guy actually is, by bad-mouthing Clay and starting a, almost starting a, a fight between the two of them, he drives off to Crystal Lake with a missing person's flyer stuck to his back window. It's as Clay gets pulled over by Officer Brackett, Brack, sorry, played by Richard Berge, as he tells them he's put two 10-year vets on the case and has spent dozens of man-hours on the case that she might have just ran away with her boyfriend until Clay tells him more backstory about her mother had just died of cancer and Whitney would have, wouldn't have missed the funeral. Cut to Trent's huge summer house on the lakeside as he shows off his father's wealth. And we also get to see why they will be killed off, such as the dumb blonde moaning about self-deception, the stoner guy and the black guy bang on about race discrimination about how he's not a black rapper. But he is actually a rapper. Yes, that's a funny joke there, producers. Hmm. Meanwhile, we see Clay riding his bike to a farmhouse, but he's told by a townie just to leave Jason alone, hinting that the cops and town folk may be in on it. It would also explain how Jason could hide his marijuana fields. Back at the summer house, the gang are playing some sort of stupid game with beer cans as Trent bitches and moans about it to take it outside as it is ruining his father's stained oak floorboards. Outside, Trent tries to get into the pants of his girl, Jenna, played by Daniela Panabaker, but she has none of it and walks away. Back on the road, we see Clay going to another farm, where he tries to get some help from another townie, but all he has to do is talk about kerosene and tries to sell him wheat. So I guess he's on the fucking chopping list then. At the summer home, Jenna asks why Trent has his friends over for the weekend, if all he's going to do is bitch and moan about them and being a tight ass. So he gives Nolan and his girl the SUV to drive down to the boat to fill up the boat, but he says no, they cannot drive the boat on the water. So of course he speeds down to the lake and take the boat for a joyride. Back at the house, Clay finally shows up and Jenna made googly eyes at him. So invites him in for a drink. Oh gee, I wonder if it's the fact that he's got a t-shirt that's about two or three sizes too tight for him. Or the fact that her boyfriend is a tool nugget. Or is it the fact that the movie needs a love interest? Mm. So of course Trent has a dick measuring contest with Clay, not literally, and Jenna walks off with him. Leaving Brie, played by Juliana Gull, the chance to get her claws into Trent. In the meantime... Clay and Jenna go over to the other side of the lake back with the unhelpful Tony, 
We see where Jason gets his mask from, as the pervy stoner townie Donnie, played by Kyle Davis, sparks up a joint while licking the page of a porno mag. That is fucking disgusting, because this is in a bar with... Oh, whatever, moving on. Upstairs, Jason is skulking around, so Donnie hits on a mannequin for no fucking reason. As Jason sneaks up behind him, killing him, but not before Donnie gets a chance to rip off the sack that was around Jason's head. Then he just so happens to find the iconic mask, complete with the... <laughs> complete with the... <laughs> sting. That was a terrible impression of him moving on. A. I don't like how he just thought it was to find the mask. And B. I hated how he checks them out in the mirror for a good 30 seconds. So at the lakeside, Nolan and his girl, Chelsea, played by Melina Ford, take the board out on the water. Meanwhile, back, back with Clay and Jenna. Yet more backstory on his sister. Mm, I wonder if she's still alive and looks a lot like mummy bodies. Mm. Foreshadowing. Wandering around the woods, they just so happen to find Wade's GPS phone. So on the water, Nolan and Chelsea mess around on the boat. Back at the summer house, the rest are playing beer pong, with Trent losing and refusing to do his forfeit by drinking out of Chewie's disgusting trainer. On the lake, Jason kills Nolan with an arrow to the head in a nod to part 3. So he runs over Chelsea, which somehow doesn't kill her outright. So dazed, she sees Jason and hides under the dock. So Jason impales her head with a machete, killing her far too quickly. Back with Clay and Jenna, they find the Camp Crystal Lake and take a look around. It's now nightfall and Clay and Jenna are still looking around the camp. Again, far too well lit for sundown. Just then, Jason comes back carrying a dead body. Is he eating them? Hmm. This being the new, smarter, faster, leaner Jason, he turns on the, the floodlights of the camp and goes hunting after, after him, finding Clay's bag on the ground. However, not being that smart, he gives up, so Clay follows him. However, Jenna wants to go back to the group and runs off, setting off a booby trap, showing Jason's lair and surprise to no one, Whitney is still alive. Looking well fed and very clean for being held captive for six fucking weeks, folks. In his lair, Jason drops Clay's bags, bag almost at Whitney's feet before dropping the dead body in his meat room then sits down to sharpen his machete. Where and when did he learn all of this? Hmm. Having a flashback to the 1980 and his mother's death, Jason trashes his lair as Whitney screams, so trying to get her to stop, Jason chokes her. However, she is now wearing the locket, so she is spared. Off runs Jason. Yes, folks, Jason runs on this, not just walks. Well, I suppose if they can make Michael talk, then why the fuck not? Leaving Whitney to get her hand on Clay's bag. Finding the GPS phone, breaks it and uses a piece of metal to get out of her padlock. Chains. Getting out of her padlock in record time, she runs and finds Jason's meat room with all the dead bodies. Again, is he eating these people? Or why does he have dozens of dead bodies piled up? And runs out and escapes. Back at the summer home, Bree is teasing Chewie and Lawrence by doing the seductive dance. So Lawrence lights some booze on fire and tells Chewie to go for it with Bree. However, she's having none of it. 
and blows him off, literally blowing out his shot glass, burning his lip. So he falls over and breaks a chair, causing Trent to have a hissy fit and throws him out to the woodshed where Jason kills him with the screwdriver to the throat. And I'm guessing this is this movie's arrow to the throat and an odd to part one. Meanwhile, Bree finally gets away with Trent. As Lawrence is downstairs talking up and using a winter catalogue to wank off with. Why is it a winter catalogue? It's the summer, then I forgot. All three Friday 13ths were winter months in 2009, February, March and November. So when is this supposed to be set? February or March? Hmm. Finally Clay and Jenna make it back to the house, telling Lawrence about Jason before calling the cops. So off goes Jenna to warn Bree and Trent, who are now fucking with Bree recording it. Yeah, this guy is such a fucking douchebag, he deserves to be killed in the most un... the most disgusting way possible. Moving on, going out. Let's um, pre-recording. Whitney finally finds the home just as Trent and Bree get off, literally. So Jason grabs her from behind and kills the lights in the house. So Trent comes out of his room with Bree following him barks orders at Clay. So going out after Chewie, Lawrence takes a fire poker and a walk as a shield, finding Chewie's dead body hanging from the ceiling of the wood shack. Jason quickly offs him with a axe after a lame ass fight. I just love how Bree doesn't even bother getting dressed, all she's wearing is a shirt. The fucking whore that she is. So finding Clay is telling the truth about the electric Trent runs off to find Daddy's gun. Going into the bathroom, Bree finds a window open and gets off in a shower by Jason, squeezing her almost to death and then sticking her on a towel rack. Finally, the cops show up, however he's quickly off by Jason with the fire poker to the eye, which I'm guessing is a nod to part 3D. So Trent shoots everything with Daddy's gun, including Bree, and she goes he blames on Jason. So finding all the vehicles have their keys missing, he runs off into the woods while Clay and Jenna run the other way. Falling down a gully and losing the gun, Trent almost gets run over by a pickup truck, but oh no, Jason is there, runs Trent right through with his machete and throws Trent the douche nugget onto the spikes of the back of the van before the driver speeds off. It's down to the final three, as Clay and Jenna find all Jason's victims, also his lair under the camp where Jason has put Whitney again. So going down, they find her and they all escape. Jason goes back, finding Whitney missing, hunts them down to a dead end, which Clay quickly clears and escapes with Whitney, but not before Jenna gets it through the heart via the machete. It's the final showdown as Clay burns down the lair, finally escapes out of a school bus. Huh? So, where Jason beats the loving shit out of Clay on top of the bus. So it's down to Whitney to face off against Jason in the school bus. However, Clay comes to and pulls her to safety. They run off to the farm and kill Jason in a wood chipper by choking him after Clay fights him. However, he gets beaten up so Whitney calls Jason off by using the locket she has around her neck. And Clay uses this chance of a distraction to attach a bear trap to him, then wraps the chains around his neck and throws him into the wood, throws it into the wood chipper, hanging him. Not before Whitney finally impales him with the machete through the heart, and he's dragged backwards head first into the wood chipper. 
The movie then pulls the end of Halloween 1978 and shows all the places where Jason has been. Meanwhile, down by the lake, Whitney and Clay toss Jason's dead body into the water, along with the mask and the locket. The mask sinks to the bottom, much like the ending of Jason X, and one final jump scare as Jason jumps out of the water as credits roll. So, that was Friday the 13th, the remake, an unscary, dull, and I just wanted all the cast to die quickly. Boring and unoriginal. Also, why did they make Jason smart? This was not Jason, this was a, a and other serial killer, but not Jason. 3 out of 10. Come back next week for my final Mayday movie as I look at 2010's Nightmare on Elm Street. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and Instagram at Here's Johnny79. Also, come back next month as I look at the Omen franchise, then the Fly in July, and was a terrible rhyme, but come on, folks. Also, Aliens in August, or it could be anniversaries in August. I'm going to look at movies that have were out in, I don't know, 1986, 76, 96, 2006, you know, something like that. And finally, Cycle in September. Anyway, bye.